This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, a few other things we'll touch on before all is said and done here today, but I, I've been teasing this all afternoon, and, and I really hope that the people have had a chance maybe today to, to encounter this story. I tweeted it out earlier today. A lot of people are sharing this on social media today. And come next week, I think we're going to be hearing this name a lot more. But it's kind of a, a story not just about who this guy is and what he did on October 22nd, 2014, but why we don't know his name and why this is only coming out now. And certainly this is not to take anything away from Kevin Vickers, who was the Sergeant at Arms of the House of Commons on that fateful day when uh, Michael Z. Halfbebo stormed Parliament Hill, armed with a gun, killing, of course, Corporal Nathan Cirillo. Uh, because Kevin Vickers very bravely did rushed to to the scene to confront the gunman and did fire shots that uh, eventually took down the suspect. But he wasn't the only one. And that's the part of the story that we don't know. And so it's kind of a convoluted tale as to why we don't know these details or, or why they were kept quiet. But there were others who confronted the gunman, others who fired shots took him down, and others who, who put their own lives in, in the line of fire uh, to try to bring about an end to a very scary and dangerous situation. One of them is an RCMP officer by the name of Curtis Barrett. And come next Friday, Mr. Barrett and three other officers uh, will be awarded the Star of Courage by the Governor General. Now, what Curtis Barrett went through that day was quite traumatic, and following the events of that day, um, took a real toll on his life. And part of that was due to the fact that there was just so much secrecy around it. The story's now starting to come out, and uh, as mentioned, John Iveson wrote a really uh, powerful piece uh, about it all today, which you can find at nationalpost.com. He joins us on the line here this afternoon. John, great to talk to you. Welcome to the program. No problem, Rob. All right. Well, why haven't we heard of Curtis Barrett? Well, it's a good, very good question, and I think there's only a certain number of people who could answer it. And uh, let me have a stab at it. Um, the uh, on the day of the shooting, um, the the shooter had found his way into the Hall of Honor, as we as we know. Um, the, the sergeant of arms, Kevin Vickers had positioned himself at the far end of the Hall of Honour. But at the same time, what uh, some people might remember seeing some grainy video footage on a cell phone camera of four RCMP officers walking towards the uh, the shooter. Now, mm-hmm. that's the only footage we've got, so I guess that's part of the problem, is that there is not no uh, video record of this. But <clears throat> as they continued down the hall, they engaged the shooter, Curtis Barrett, was at the front of this diamond formation. I mean, what, what had happened was that he had arrived at the front door of Parliament Hill. He, he's an RCMP officer who was stationed on Parliament Hill. He arrived at the front door, found, uh, I think there were 15 people milling around, waiting to, for some direction as to what to do. And he called on them to form what they call uh, an, an IR, which is essentially a diamond-shaped formation uh, designed to disrupt any shooting that might be going on and, and attract the fire towards them. So they started walking down the Hall of Honour and, as was as it was designed to do, started attracting shots from Zihab Bibo at one end of the hall. 
so they're essentially walking into gunfire. They have no cover. Um, Vickers is stationed off to the right behind a pillar. And it was really a combination of the two men that allowed, uh, that brought down CRP Bow. As he was firing at uh, Curtis Barrett and the other RCMP officers, uh, Vickers fell to the floor and started firing. At the same time, Barrett is firing over his head at the Happy Bow. A combination of bullets from the two men was, a, was attributed with neutralising the threat, according to an, a, an Ontario police report that came out, a provincial police report that came out subsequently. Um, so there is an official report that actually detailed all of this, but unfortunately when it came out, it was all redacted with all the names taken out. Now, why that was, you would need to ask the, the, the OPP, but it, but it meant that... Uh, that Barrett's curtain went uh, without any recognition. Now, we know that Kevin Vickers then walked into the uh, the, the, the reading room, the, the room where the Conservative caucus was, and said, I, I took him down. Um, now, to be fair to Vickers, he subsequently came out with a, with a statement saying uh, he was proud to be part of a team that had brought down the um, happy bow and that he'd, uh, he commended the bravery of the other people who were with him. But he didn't give any comment beyond that. And, and I guess in this vacuum of information, he was deemed to be the guy who had single-handedly brought down the happy vote. And, and uh, the RCMP did not appear to be keen to uh, uh, disabuse anybody of that notion. I mean, they, the, the comment that was made was that by a senior RCMP officer was that the vicar's trade has left the station and uh, you guys are going to have to live with it. So... The problem with this is that uh, that uh, while Vickers, um, quite rightly, I mean, Kevin Vickers is a Canadian hero. He put himself in the line of fire, could have died trying to save other people. But there were other heroes, and because they were not recognised, I think they've all subsequently gone through various uh, mental trauma, and particularly Curtis Barrett, who told me his story. Uh, it was a downward spiral into post-traumatic stress, and not helped by the fact that the RCMP did not... Um, diagnose him or treat him. Uh, he was back on duty uh, when he went to the, the RCMP Health Services. They'd lost his records. This is a year after the shooting. They had no record that he'd even been involved in a shooting. So it's really a, a story which clarifies, I think, what happened on the day, some of the confusion in, in par on Parliament after the shooting because, because Barrett was involved all day. And it also details the, the aftermath from the, uh, the RCMP point of view. I think some of the things they've now started putting right, you know, Barrett is now a counsellor for people who are, for, for RCMP members who are involved in shootings. So it's, uh, I, I think it's an important story, and it really, um, it, it, uh, at long last, Curtis Barrett is getting the recognition that he deserves. He and the three other officers will receive uh, medals, bravery, bravery decorations from the Governor-General next week. I think this is uh, long overdue from the RCMP to recognise that they had uh, four extremely brave members who could all have died in this. Absolutely. And as you say, I mean, better late than never. At least they're getting it right now. But the fact that they're doing it does raise those uncomfortable questions as to why these contributions were swept under the rug for so long, why the, the uh, official narrative didn't recognize the contribution of these men and, and why they had to go through what they went through. It, it, I mean, it does raise all of that. Well, I think that, uh, you know, by maybe Curtis Barrett is being a bit, little bit uh, uh, mild on the RCMP, given that he's still a serving member. But he said there was a communication breakdown. Everybody, uh, nobody knew who was treating him, I guess, 
given the fact that they lost the records, they didn't even know what they were treating him for. In fact, he wasn't being treated. He was, he, he was off work after the shooting while it was being investigated. He went back to work in January 2015. Um, it was only when he, he, he finally found out that they didn't even know he'd been involved in a shooting in October 2015 that they started treating him. And he was sent to an occupational stress unit, which is where he says he started to get better. And, you know, he went back to work in June 2016, having been diagnosed with PTSD uh, and is now part of the the RCMP bomb unit in in Ottawa. Um, You know, arguably, he should have been sent to that occupational stress unit from, from day one. So the, I think there are there are there are systemic problems in the RCMP as to how you deal with people like Curtis Barrett. Um, I think the only positives coming out of this is it sounds like they're now starting to deal with them, deal with it the correct way. Well, that's the thing, and I mean, given the secrecy around it as well, I mean, there's a quote from him you have in your piece where you know he said at one point, "How can you clear me to go back to work when you don't know I was in a shooting?" So they're they're trying to treat him for a situation that really they don't know about. No, no, and it was. I don't think anybody emerges from this covered in glory. Um, I think there was a little bit of um, cover-up's probably a stronger word, but the, but given the fact that the narrative had already been formed in part by the media, I mean, we you know we're not blameless, and that we we had our hero in, in um, Kevin Vickers, and we didn't seem to to want to uh, to move from that narrative. I think there's a lot of institutional jealousies between uh, Hill Security, the RCMP, even the Ottawa Police. Uh, even today, people uh, don't believe that. I spoke to a, to a Hill security guard who, who said uh, Barrett only put bullets at him when he was down and dead, uh, which is not what the OPP report says, and it's not what Barrett says. So until uh, somebody can provide more proof of that fact, I don't think that is actually what happened. But the very fact that it's being repeated suggests this idea that all uh, all uh, people on Hill security are now uh, are, are all on the same page is not the case, and that's slightly worrying too. Well, indeed it is. Well, you know, again, I mean, we're, we're at the point we should be, these uh, men are going to be honoured. Uh, so th- this takes place next week then, is that right? Uh, the Governor-General will uh, give them, give uh, Curtis Barrett a, a star of courage next Friday, and the, the three, um, his three colleagues, uh, Sergeant Richard Roson, Constable Martin Fraser, Corporal Danny Daigle will all get uh, their uh, commendations to or their uh, decorations, I should say. All right. Well, quite a story. People can read more again uh, in the National Post today, nationalpost.com. John Abison, thanks so much for making some time for us here. Really appreciate this. Thanks, Rob. There you go, John Iveson, columnist uh, for the National Post, nationalpost.com. Uh, his piece today uh, sharing Curtis Barrett's story, really, I, I think, for the first time. And as uh, John writes in his story following the events of that day, and all the debriefing and interviews. This was the last contact he was to have with the RCMP for four days. The following week, he attended a debriefing, during which he had to go to the bathroom to throw up. From that meeting, he drove straight to Hamilton to attend Nathan Cirillo's funeral, which he said offered some closure, particularly when he was able to meet with the family and tell them what had happened. We have sons who are the same age, Barrett says, choking back emotion. He arrived home to the funeral to find more bad news, discovering his 10-year-old German shepherd had collapsed and had to be put down. Barrett was off work until January 2015 as the shooting was investigated. said the lack of contact with the RCMP in the months following October 22nd was a communication breakdown where everyone thought someone else was dealing with me. Barrett has since become involved in ensuring the RCMP is much better at dealing with mental health issues, but it's clear that as recently as two years ago, the culture inside the National Police Force was not sympathetic to members who had suffered in the line of duty. 
Ms. Barrett says, quote, my doctor told me this is what leads to PTSD, the lack of follow-up. It's why we have suicides. And as press coverage of the shooting continued to focus on Vickers, Barrett's mental health deteriorated. So the whole world wasn't buying into my story because it wasn't the story in the media. Shooting a terrorist on Parliament Hill is not something that gives you PTSD. I'm so proud that no one else got shot. It went as well as it could have, but no one stood up for us. I broke my television when Green Party leader Elizabeth May said the RCMP is good as giving out tickets on Parliament Hill, but not at stopping terrorists. It was uh, something she said uh, in, in a speech in May of 2015. It was heartbreaking to hear that you're a failure for not stopping this guy, which they did. So he says life went into a downward spiral. His relationship ended uh, because his girlfriend said he was so caught up with it, with his issues. So things have turned around here for him, and he's finally getting the, the recognition he deserves, the Star of Courage, which will be awarded to him by the Governor General next Friday. Uh, listen, we've got to take a break here, 403-974-8255. That's our phone number, text number as well. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.